I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome back to Mid-South Moments. Coming up, the third and final part of my interview with Ricky Morton. So, so moving forward to your uh, to your six man, I just want to ask a question about your um, your entrance music. So, uh, but, but through the magic of post production, well, you'll hear a little bit of the ELO's "Rock and Roll is King" at the start of this podcast. So, when did you go? I love this song. When did you guys start using that as your as your entrance? Rock and Roll is King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we started using that uh, when we went to NWA. You know, we uh, used Kiss. Uh, I want to rock and roll. And then we started, you know, we used Bob Seger for a long time, mm. old time rock and roll. Uh, we even used Jump by Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We used a lot of different music. This is, you know, in the early 85, 86. It's mm. whenever the song come out that was popular. And yeah. a lot of these guys, you know, and I'm going to tell you, I mean, ELO don't even know how many albums we probably sold for them. <laughs> they got you know they got 99p out of me because I downloaded it to, to to play it on the start of the podcast. So that's that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, uh, they don't probably don't even realize. You know, uh, you go back, but but a lot of them did. You know, like Bobby Fulton with the fan, the fabulous ones out of Memphis first mm. started using ZZ Top, and then the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers, who we see. Don't they we? Yeah, started. Yeah. They yeah. started using. Uh, uh, Shark dress man, Shark dress man, yeah, yeah, yep. and they and they come to the wrestling matches just to see Bobby and. and, and oh, I know they're fans, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, especially Dusty Hill. Yeah, you know, Dusty's a big wrestling fan, and you know he's a good guy too. Him, Billy, both. So you know that they're, they're big superstar rock stars. But if, if you ever met them, they're crazy. You yeah, know, Jimmy I mean, Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Band, Jimmy Valiant. Mm. You know he. He copied himself after being Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. ZZ Top. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He talks like a Gibb, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, to be valiant. But it's great. Long beard. Yeah, well, I mean, it works. It works. It works. So, tell you what we're going to do now, Ricky. But we're just, I'm just going to sort of rapid fire some questions for you. We've got some fan questions, and there's a, there's a few questions just to just to finish sure. up this episode. So, um, uh, basically, so I'll bring in some names, people, when when these. But a few questions from me as well. So, I love the blue the blue outfits you guys are wearing in, the, in this episode. How many outfits would you guys typically have around around this time that you would sort of interchange and take on the road with you? Oh God, we. Uh at least 30 different outfits. Wow, that's a huge number. Yeah. You know, I, I still do. Mm. You know, I still have a lot. You know, uh, uh, even as right now, I mean, uh, I have a lot of different things, and I still have a lot of my old stuff, too. Mm. Uh, people try to get it from me all the time. But uh, as, as the years went on, you had to redo it. But at that time, oh, God, man, we didn't, you know, you was on the road every day. Yeah, so you, need, you needed you it, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we, man, we had all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, the, the, during, this is just—I just thought this was this was a really fun six man. So, if you, do you have any memories of working with um, with Hacksaw and and Crusher Crusher? We've we've touched on any any memories of working with these these guys over the years. Well, oh yeah, I mean with Crusher Khrushchev and uh, even the eighties for Bill Watts and, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, 
but you know, in, in both territories, especially going into the mid south, mm. you know, we were the all American guys. So naturally, with with what's going on in our world, they got us against the Russians. Mikhail Bokov and Russia. They're what got us over to yeah. wrestle the Midnight Express. And Johnny Walker, which is wrestling too, and Magnum yeah. TA, yeah. got the Midnight Express over for us to wrestle, yeah. for them to wrestle us. You see, both things work like a pyramid until and, and you mid. But I saw Jim Duggan, he's, uh, I told you, uh, uh, you know, he uh, our first time into the territory about the bar fight, right? Mm. Uh, you see, I mean, that was our first day in there. And, and to meet Jim Duggan, Jim Duggan has got one of the best personalities and, and the funniest guy that yeah. you would ever. I never was in line one time and somebody hollered out something. Jim's getting a drink and the guy says, he says something and Jim said something. And the guy says something about an asshole. And Jim turned around and, you know, he's got rubber eyes like Robert, you know what I'm saying? He goes, asshole. Who you call an asshole? Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's really he, Jim, uh, man, he, great personality. Yeah. Uh, I told you earlier, man, it was so many things that I can't remember. You know what, being stiff, I, I, I was a special referee one time for Dr. Death, Steve Williams, mm. and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and I was a special referee and then when they come back, they ask me to go, what you think about the match? I said, man, you guys talk too much in the, in the match. I said, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, if time one of you throw a punch, you go, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> <laughs> step son of a bitch. Oh, oh, yeah, they both like but uh, That's incredible. Boy, cool. So you were uh, so we, later on. In, later on, in the episode, we saw um, Junkyard Dog beat Buddy Landell, and you were one of the one third of the WCW World Six Man Tag Team Champions with uh, JYD in early '91. What are your, some of your memories of that that run and of of JYD? Well, you know, uh, Junkyard was. Uh, I want to start about uh, first of all in Louisiana before. Robert not come in there because you know Bill Watts pushed himself, but he Junkyard Dog was over. Mm. I'm, I'm telling you, he he was over. We all had our own battles with a lot of uh, different things, drugs and stuff. But Junkyard Dog was over, buddy, in that yeah. territory. And then you know he left from there to go to New York, and and then he was in WCW. But you see, when and I'm just going to tell you the truth. When you are a, a six-man world tag team champion, mm. you're just lost in the shuffle. Yeah, you I really? guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. They have nothing for you. They didn't have – they, they weren't around for very long, those belts, were they? So, yeah, no. no, they, no. no well, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand, yeah. They have yeah. nothing for you. Yeah. yeah and, and I always remember that. You know, when you're uh, – when you got six tag team championship belts in your territory and you're the last one, they yeah. have nothing for you. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, makes so sense. the six man had, but you know, I, I enjoyed Al. He was a great friend of mine, and you know, you know what? And I don't know if you know this or not. He, you know, he got killed in the car wreck. Mm, yeah, that he was, and he always told me this. He said, "I'm going to go watch. I'm going to watch my daughter graduate from high school," and that's what he did. He went. He drove 
North Carolina to watch her graduate on the mm. way home. He had a car wreck. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. 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 But it yeah. just happened. Yeah. Um, one of our former guest hosts, Zeus King, asked whether there was any whether there were any ever any plans for Rock and Roll Express versus Fantastics program in the eighties. I know you guys worked a few matches in the late nineties. Would you? You all on the same? You always on the same side, I guess, around that around that time. Well, yeah, and and I love Bobby and I, and I love Tommy, but you know they were the same thing with us in Memphis as with mm. the fabulous ones. They played second fiddle. If you noticed, everywhere Robert and I went, they come in after we left. Uh, but they were a great tag team. They was yeah. good. I, you know, I I can't even I can't really even recall wrestling the Fantastics. Really, I think maybe ninety eight. I looked up, but perhaps around that sort of time. Beg your pardon. I, I, th- I looked up. I think it was about nineteen ninety eight. Uh, I, I saw something. Perhaps of you guys. Um, yeah, that was probably on an independent show. Yeah, oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And it and it and it really meant nothing. Mm. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know that we wrestled the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Shinetti a lot. They were, mm. you know, they were at, before they was. I mean, when they were at AWA. Yes, yeah. There, you know, they were territories. They they were a heel team, mm. and and you know, Sean's a great worker. I yeah. like working with him. You know, he's really creative. Even when he was, uh, I mean, before he got his big break in WWE, mm. uh, you know, he was, you know, he was, he was great. He's a kid. Uh, so I got to say that for him. He was really no, yeah, he's 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 uh one he's of the amazing. one of the best, isn't he? Yeah. Um. So yeah. just just some some more some more questions going to fly around here now. So um, okay. sure, sure, Roberts asks, um, were you aware of the changing face of pro wrestling in 1984 with the WWF's national expansion, or were you so busy with your I think we touched on this right at the start of the the episode. So do you, were you were you as the wrestlers really aware of what Vince was doing in New York? Or were you so busy with your own? Did you hear about this uh, big expansion, Hogan going and all that sort of stuff? Well, I, I mean, I, I mentioned to you, you on our, the other half of our podcast. Uh, I was in a position where I didn't know and I really didn't care. Yeah. Because I wasn't a promoter. Mm. You see, and understand when somebody does something like that, they're expanding their business to all over. That means the wrestlers. Yeah have a better, they have more opportunities. Yes. So yeah. I care. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm glad Vince did it. Mm. You know, I mean, look at today. I mean, look what he is. You know, these guys, some of them make millions of dollars a year. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm glad for it. You know, yeah. uh, this, this is really cool. So, uh, every I think decision that went to where I was glad because it was good for the boys. Yeah. And I think the only thing really that, um, should have, should have always maintained and they should have always been maintained was a proper number two national promotion and it, number two is probably the wrong way a competitor all the way through so WCW should never have gone out of business and they should always I think there's room in America for two big national promotions and that's the only thing that yes. went wrong in the end really oh now, now I want to yeah. tell you the same thing with that I mean you, you can't have a company uh, especially when WCW buys it it, it and I don't know if it was Turner or whoever bought it, but they didn't. They didn't want because they wanted to change it to uh, their way of thinking. They didn't want nobody in charge that knew yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. They wanted uh, corporate. 
It would need corporate people to run it. They brought yeah. people in. Look here, they brought that Bill Hurd in there. He, he he owned a pizza place. Yeah, but a corporate pizza place, you know. And you bring a tag team in as as uh, the Dean Dongs from Bell. Yeah. yeah. But then they let that go. And I'm not here knocking people. I'm just telling the truth. And I still like these people. I like them. But but Eric Bischoff and them, they robbed. Mm. The whole company, you know, they signed themselves to their own contracts. Uh, me, I just wanted a job putting a ring up. I couldn't even get that. You hear me? Mm. Uh, when you sign yourself contracts, to, when you go to your mailbox, you have every week for $80,000. Kiss my ass. Mm. That could pay a lot of people. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I'm, for them, that was good for them, but they killed our business. Yeah, I did. Uh, it, yeah. it did. I mean, WCW should have never went out of business. No. And it, but you can't bring in and pay people $10 million, 10, you know, because that money runs out. Yeah, that and, company. And then, yeah, sorry, go on. And, and, and another thing, not looking at the future of the business, everybody that was in charge only cared about them. Yeah. Not the business. They only cared about yeah. them. Bad management, okay. bad creative killed WCW basically, and that and that is yeah, people can make excuses yeah. about AOL, AOL, Time Warner, all that sort of stuff. If the if the if the TV show is doing no, strong man. ratings, it stays on. Simple as that. That's right. Yeah, and a, and you and pushing yourself, don't do it. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, it killed our business. I agree with you 100 on that, and that's what killed our business. That's the reason uh, Jimmy Cornette and Eric Bischoff's got so much heat because you know yeah. Cornette beats his ass alive yeah you know I heard the other day you still trying to get over <laughs> I mean the, th- the thing the thing, with Bish- the thing with Bischoff is he he had if you get the kind of behind the scenes he had a, he had an incredible run of about 18 months but then it then it, went, it fell off a cliff so you could you really have over, to have success over, over a period yeah exactly you have to have success over, over a long period of time for, for you to be a real you know and, that, and that's Overnight, the thing. That's, that yeah. ship sunk. Yeah, and, exactly. So Simon Morgan asks, in July 1985, yourself and Robert moved on from Mid-South and were prim- primarily resting in Mid-Atlantic with Jim Crockett thereafter. Um, I guess this was a decision was to go national. Was that, was that your thinking at the time to get an opportunity to, you know, be in this, this, this TBS uh, promotion, TBS uh, air chat, um, television show, et cetera? Was that, your, was that your driving decision to move to is, Mid-Atlantic? Is that, is that, are you talking about 1985? When yeah, when you you left Mid South and moved to Mid Atlantic. Okay, uh, you see, it in our business is getting over. Robert and I, we really not only popped the territory of Louisiana. We, Bill Watts, if you read his book, he made more money when Robert and I were in his territory than he made the whole ten years he owned it. Mm. Okay, now uh, we was there. Ric Flair was a world champion at that time, and Ric Flair would come in and out of the territory defending his belts. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yep, yep, I'm here. Okay. i got a steel face on my thing here. Oh, I can hear and, you. And so Rick, don't worry, Karen. And Rick seen us, uh, and i never forget this. Uh, we were in the Superdome. Matter of fact, Muhammad Ali was there mm. that night, and uh, I've been in the dressing room, and, and Muhammad Ali comes down. This is great, because Muhammad Ali, he's a good guy, man. I'm telling you, he was one of the greatest – my, my greatest hero. And yeah, I, that's and incredible. Yeah, what incredible man. And, yeah. And, and and I liked him so much, man. But I, I, I noticed a little man that come in behind him. He's sat in the corner. And uh, 
So Robert and I, because we, we hadn't even thought about nothing like that. But when everybody walked out of the room, he walked over to me and he introduced himself. He said, hello, I'm Jimmy Crockett. Hmm. I own NWA and I'm just now taking over TBS. I want to go nationwide like Vince McMahon. Uh, I come here tonight to watch you wrestle. Hmm. And uh, That's great. Yeah, yeah. And he, he said, I come here to watch you wrestle tonight. I heard so much about y'all. He said, Ric Flair really put y'all over. So, uh, I went and told, I think we was working with Ted DiBiase and Dr. Destiny Williams. And I, mm. I can't believe, but I went and I told Ted, I said, Ted, uh, cause you know, I, I didn't know his man, Jimmy Crockett. He goes, yeah, he owns NWA. I says, well, he said he'd come here to watch me and Robert Russell. Like Ted goes, well, bug, how do we give him something to see? And we did. Well, we yeah. tore that place down. And then he come back and he told me, he says, uh, I like for you to come to NWA. We're going to go nationwide. He said, "I think that you'd be a great thing." Dusty Rhodes is coming in to be the Booker, and, and, and I knew Dusty. I says, "Well, I mean, he says, oh no, no, no. We're, we're going to give you the biggest push you ever had in your life." Mm. Uh, so uh, I gave uh, Bill Watts my two week notice. Yeah, and, and I did, but uh, and. The next following week, they flew us to Charlotte, and we did the TV on a Tuesday night. That's when Robert and I won the World Tag Team belts. Oh, all right. okay, yeah, that. yeah. We when we won them, that was great, man. I mean, this is in the they showed videos of us, you know, the MTV videos that we went in. This place was packed, and I knew right off the bat in. Uh, and we went, you know, we did the whole hour. Our mm. match was a whole hour on the TV show. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then when I beat Ivan with the with the victory row, that was at that time. And if that finish would have messed up, oh yeah, that's a, got over. Like a, yeah, it was, the timing was so perfect, and I went over the one, two, three, and the roof come off the building. Robert and I were instantly over. Yeah, we had just beat the Russians, and I gotta say this now: Dusty was a great businessman. He knew we were coming in. Uh, Barry Dorso and Ivan and Nikita have done beat everybody in the territory, Mm. including Dusty, Dusty and Magnum. You see, so uh, and and when they did that, it was a victory row. I I call it hurt around the world. Yeah, that's it was great. a great thing, but because we was instantly uh, now we're nationwide. You understand yeah, yeah. me? Yeah, not only nationwide, but other countries. Even, uh, yeah, we got a bit of WW yeah. late late eighties. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I mean, we was over worldwide world. stars at that point. Yeah, the victory roll that was heard around the world. I love that victory roll. You don't see many victory rolls these days, but it should. Uh, I want a big match finish with that at some point soon. Yeah, the yeah. timing was perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Everything was perfect. Dan Phillips asks, if the uh, mid-80s versus yourself and Robert could work an extended program with any tag team today, who would it be and why? Who would it be and why? Ah, man. You know, I've told you this earlier. I have two favorite tag teams that uh, that I'm really partial to. That's the Hardy Boys. Yep. And and uh, the Young Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was this, you know, uh, the Young Bucks is, is, is to me is... Uh, 
is a you know a higher a little bit higher level of flying than Robert and I were. Mm. And the Hardy Boys, they they fit right in with us. You, yeah. you understand? And I, I like these guys. I wish you know if if nowadays if we were still there, that's who I'd love to work with. Yeah. And draw a lot of money with them. Oh, big yeah, time. I, I, know, I know that our business has changed a lot where you don't, for some reason, I just don't understand why they just don't really go a hundred percent all out for a heel team. You know, that has to cheat to win mm. that when they do their interviews, they lie about everything they talk yeah. about. You understand me? They get their ass handed to them. <laughs> Every week on TV, they have to cheat to win, but they go out on TV and they tell how bad they beat the baby faces up. Yeah, that isn't really a thing anymore, is it, in terms of those? No, no yeah. nowadays, yeah. Every, you know, every interview, I'm going to jerk your head off of shit down your neck. Just every <laughs> interview, you know? And, uh, and, and, and that's what's wrong. I'm getting tired of that. You know, you've got to have your guys. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. It's Vince and, again. Uh, Yes, how about it? I'll cut it off, buddy. Mark Dunderdale asked, you guys had a couple of runs in the WWF. Um, what was it like working for Vincent Mann? Um, and also, he mentioned that the NWA angle in 98 never seemed to have a natural conclusion. Uh, well, uh, it's the same thing that I was telling you earlier. Jimmy Cornette, Jimmy had a job with W. You know, we worked Spooky Mountain Rust. Mm. And I, I, and I know this is not the question that you asked me, but I, I you know, Jimmy Cornetto ran Smoky Mountain. Then Smoky Mountain closed down. The reason it closed down because Jimmy was going to WWF, and uh, he went to the work. Now, Jimmy being a friend of ours and being who we are, he got us a job mm. at WWF. You know, and it's NWA coming in. It's you know, it's Barry Wendell and me and Robert. And, Jeff Jarrett and but we're just lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing about it was Jimmy got us a paycheck every week. Yeah. Closed down Smoky Mountain Rising. We didn't have a job. But he brought us there to take care of us. Yeah. And it wasn't a part about us having title shots because we weren't going to. We were just lost in the shuffle. We was just on the shuttles. Uh, we had good matches. We worked with, you know, a lot of the guys. But most of the time, it was just to get them over. That was all. I mean, we worked the Road Warriors on there. Yeah. We put them over on TV. Uh, it was just a part. I mean, that was it. There's, there was no big plans ever for us in the WWF. Yeah. But now they inducted us into the WWE Hall of Fame. You see, there's a whole different story because now they understood what we were and what mm-hmm. we'd done in our business. And it's the greatest thing in the world when you get a phone call from WWE and they tell you that we could not have a real Hall of Fame if we didn't have the Rock and Roll Express in there. Yeah. I watched the yeah. speech. I thought it was fantastic. I thought your guys' speech was fantastic, actually. Really emotional. Well, you know, yeah. uh, they had it, it welled me up. The, the end bit but, really made me. I, yeah. But yeah, you know, I went out. And I was going to read what the writers had. I just threw it away. Yeah, I had to speak from my heart. Yeah, that's the only way it gets over like that. Yeah. You know, the, you don't need writers for for the Hall of Fame. No, because that's, that's that comes from your heart. You know, I don't want somebody else putting words in my mouth. No, absolutely. You know, 
two, two more quick ones. We'll, I'll let you get on with your day, Ricky. So, so you toured all Japan, you toured, toured with all Japan in 1988. And um, what are some of your memories of, of, of that tour going up against such names as uh, Kawada, Stan Hansen, Kenta Kabashi and the original Tiger Mask? Oh, you know what? Stan Hansen was really over there. And, and people always used to ask me, man, how do you have such great matches with Stan Hansen? Mm. I said, because when I go to the ring, I literally fist fight it because <laughs> I can't hurt it. I'm serious. I'm really yeah. fighting. He didn't know. Wow. You know, and, and you know, cause he worked like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But bam, I just literally fist fight him and Stan loved me for that. Yeah. Uh, he'd work really, uh, with me real good. And then you had a, uh, this is the one thing that I really remember there. Uh, you, you had a tag team there called Footloose. Uh, they were the Rock and Roll Express in Japan. Mm. And i never forget this. We, you know, because I watch all the matches. I watch everything that's happening because I know we're fixing to wrestle with them and I'm going to see what they do. Well, I kind of guess they didn't like Robert and I because we were the real Rock and Roll Express. Mm. So the night before we wrestled them in Japan, I, I says, because they can't speak English and you can't call spots. So I asked them a do you want to do any high spots? And they looked at me and go, yeah. Okay. So uh, we go to the ring, and for some stupid reason, one of them hauled off and slapped Robert real hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and Robert's a tough guy. You hear me? Mm. In a matter of minutes, Robert had him bit over that rope. He just mm. beat the living shit out of him. And the other guy... I just ran out the floor, got a chair. I'm just sweating in touch. Boom, let's go. And they go straight back to the dressing room. Mm. You know, we're posted on a 30-minute time limit. This has all happened in a matter of two or three minutes. And then I'm standing there, and they go to the dressing room. And Robert said, let's go get them in the dressing room. I says, man. I said, Robert, damn, man, we're going to get fired. Robert looks over at me. He goes, I was looking for a job when we found this one. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. jumps right out, goes back in the dressing room. And he wants that dressing room, kicks him right in the head. Boom. And I'm, oh, shit. I think, well, this shit's over. Now, the next day, we're, you know, we're on tour on the bus. Mm. We pull up to the town early, and there they both of them are standing outside the building by our bus. And I told Robert, I said, Robert, uh, dude, these two guys are waiting on us. Yeah. So let's give us, when you go off this bus, look here, man. They opened that door up. Me and Robert jumped off that bus right there in front of them, and they're standing in front of them, and they carried our bags in the building. Guy, obviously, right. you, you got there. So, yeah, so obviously, a bit of a bit of a breakdown at the start, but it sounds like it got got there in the end, which is, which is oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What, what they respected us after that. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, you know, they did. They thought me, Robert, was just two young punk kids. You know, they we done had our had our uh, shit in the business already. I mean, I was educated a long time ago. Yeah. So last one, Ricky, thank you so much. We'll do this quickly. You were part of the New Japan Tours in the United States in uh, 2019 um, and early, to early 2020. Tell me about your experiences working with New Japan with sort of such names as Tanahashi da, da, da. and things like that. Most blessed tag team in the world, Robert and I. Because mm. in a matter of a year or a matter of six months, we worked for uh, Ring of Honor, yep. NWA, uh, AEW, yep. and New Japan. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> Tell me. I mean, what a run. Any what a run. Yeah. Yeah. What a run. And, and, and we did that. Uh, New Japan, very, uh, I love 
the guy. I love the company. Yeah. Uh, Chase Owens. Uh, yes. One of the bullet yeah. clubs. You know, Chase is one of my boys. And yeah. uh, we were coming there. So and so they brought us in to work with them. And, and the guys really, you see, you're only as good as your opponent and let you be mm. them serious. Japanese boys don't want to work with you. They, they won't, mm. you know. But they really work with us so much, and yeah. especially in New York City and and then uh, Philadelphia and the bigger towns where they're really sold out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The pop, we but it was like nineteen eighty five again. Yeah, especially when I, I did, you know, and they and they put over my stuff because you know they they watched us here. They see me do the Canadian Destroyer. They see me do the dives out of the ring, uh, and they put all that in our matches every night. Incredible. I had a great time with them. And and, I, and, and it's just a part of about them respecting us. And that's yeah. the whole thing about AWE, the whole thing about Ring of Honor, the whole thing about NWA, and the yeah. whole thing about them putting us into the WWE Hall of Fame is they remembered and they respected us and we yeah. respected them back. All right. Ricky, thank you so much for your time. We'll speak again. And that's it. Apologies to all those who submitted questions that we didn't get to, but I do hope to have Ricky on again in the future and we'll try and cover those off then. We'll be back next week looking at the July 1st, 1984 episode of Mid-South Wrestling featuring Wendy Richter, The Fantastics, Butch Reed, Crusher Khrushchev and much, much more. If you've enjoyed these shows, please do feel free to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you would like to appear on the show in the future as a guest host, chat some wrestling and review an old episode of Mid-South, please reach out to me on Twitter at MidMoments. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon.